Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, December 15th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is Imran, the Don Khan. Christmas opening is so pleasant. Like It is so pleasant. Honestly, it makes it, me want like a candy cane. I was really excited to direct today because I've only done the Christmas opening once before, like a week or two ago, and it's just so delightful. It, it starts off the day right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's calming. I say we keep it throughout the year. I'm making that decree. January, don't stop it. We're gonna and keep honestly, it. Honestly, that's a decree from the king of Christmas, you know. Uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not claiming that title. <laughs> the king of Halloween battle was stressful enough, and I will only fight for Halloween because that is the best holiday. What can I say? You know? The candy, the treats, the tricks. Oh man, I love Halloween. <laughs> that felt like weirdly like pre-rehearsed like uh, are we going to an ad read what's happening here no man that's just how much i i i enjoy having a passion for halloween man you know it's, mm-hmm. it just comes naturally out of me the halloween yeah. spirit it overflows it takes over it takes over kind of funny you know every time october comes through donktober comes through oh it's a celebration christmas christmas is cool i like christmas fun you know there's like such, there's a weird cadence you've got going on here that like it feels like someone behind you just has a gun to your head like talk good <laughs> shit about Christmas. No, no, no. I just don't. I just don't. I I don't think I have the bandwidth and the ability to fight for two holidays like that. I don't. Wanna, I don't want to overstep. I don't want to like overextend myself and not be able to to uh, own both of them. You know. Yeah. If Halloween, At least Halloween, I can own. Halloween should be in October. Christmas should be in like April. So we have like enough time to properly celebrate. Oh my both. God. Imran, you're speaking. You're speaking ideas. You're speaking <laughs> ideas I can get behind. Uh, how are you doing, Imran? How's it going? I'm doing good. We were talking a little bit before the show about like uh, how you like RPGs that like let you shoot things and talk to people. Oh, I thought yep, you were going to bring up the sleeping naked thing. No. I mean, we can talk about that, too. We can talk about that, gonna, too. I was going to say the genre name for that should be shit shooters. Oh, yeah, because you're shooting the shit and you're shooting shit. And you're shooting. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all about it. Like, yeah. honestly, like... I. If I if I go down like my gaming history and look at all my favorite games, then yeah, like Fallout, fucking Deus Ex, Outer Worlds, like there is a there is a a because we, we were talking about Cyberpunk, right? And I was talking about how like yeah, dude, if you give me an RPG that's a first person shooter, I'm gonna like it. Like I'm gonna love it. <laughs> and Cyberpunk pretty much just fits within that lineage of yeah, I, I like all these games. Imran, I mm-hmm. I feel like I'm officially a Californian. Let me explain. <laughs> right okay, this morning. This morning I woke up. Uh, my alarm is set at 7 a.m. I woke up. A, I woke up at 6:59 because of an earthquake, <laughs> and I was, I was more perturbed over the fact that the earthquake woke me up a minute before my alarm than the fact that there was an earthquake. You know, like I woke up and I was like, "Damn it, dude! I could have had another minute." I think I woke up like briefly, like maybe for like five seconds. I was like, "Eh," and went back to sleep. That now that you say that, I was like, "Oh yeah, that must have been what actually woke me up." Yeah. No, yeah. like I like felt the shaking, woke up and I was like, oh no, well it was like what time is it? And I was like six fifty nine? Damn it. Yeah. And like legit, it was upset. It was funny. I, I woke up because up. my sister called me uh very early because she always forgets uh that we're in different time zones. And I didn't answer her. I was like I just sent her like a text like question mark. And then it, it just happened to be like two minutes before that earthquake and that her- earthquake happened and I was like, Oh and I just fucking fell yeah. right back asleep. It was great. It's awesome. Uh, enough about earthquakes. Let's talk about the cyberpunk hits keep coming. Uh, Nintendo's Indie World Showcase and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. 
if you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of their show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you ps love you xoxo is recording this friday and it's the ps i love you awards so go over to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and write in with your picks for the best of in playstation in 2020 update, update on that just go What's to kindoffunny.com slash PS Awards. Uh, we, we, we saw some feedback on having the votes uh, behind Patreon. So we have updated that. So it just takes you to a, a Google survey and you just fill that out. Boom. There you go. Bada bing, bada boom. Get those votes in. Of course, we have various categories. Categories like best PlayStation Plus game, best PlayStation trophies list, stuff like that. And... So if you're excited about that, go over there, go vote, make your voice heard. Uh, Also going on this week, Andy is going to be streaming Cyberpunk 2077, showing off that ray tracing and all that goodness on his NVIDIA RTX 3080. That's happening today, right after this, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific time. So stay tuned for that. Uh, We have cool friends today is with Life is Strange and Horizon Zero Dawn's Ashley Birch. So that's posting over on youtube.com slash kind of funny. So stay tuned for that. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producer, Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Upstart, HBO Max for the holidays, and Brooklinen. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the World Report. <laughs> it's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one, Imran, would it surprise you if I told you that the cyberpunk saga continues? I am extremely shocked and had no idea. God damn. Uh, we're going to start with our number one, which is CD Projekt Red explains why they didn't delay Cyberpunk 2077. This is from Joe Scrubbles at IGN. In an unscheduled investor call, senior members of CD Projekt were asked whether the company felt they had to release the game before 2021. SVP of business development, Michael Nowakowski, replied, quote, I wouldn't say that we felt any external or internal pressure to launch on the date other than the normal pressure, which is typical for any release, end quote. With major issues present in the base PS4 and Xbox One versions of the game, not to mention persistent bugs in upgraded last-gen, next-gen, and PC versions, many have questioned why CD Projekt Red didn't delay the game further after three previous delays, the first two of which, in particular, were were celebrated by many fans for showing a dedication to creating a polished product. In fact, Nowakowski seems to imply that the company simply didn't realize how broken some versions of the game were. Quote, It is more about us looking, as we previously stated, at the PC and next-gen performance rather than current-gen. We definitely did not spend enough time looking at that, end quote. As part of the same line of questioning, the board was asked how the game passed certification on Xbox and PlayStation, which appears to come down to trust from the console companies. Quote, in terms of the certification process and the third parties, this is definitely on our side. I can only assume that they trusted that we're go- we were going to fix these these things upon release, and that obviously did not come together as exact uh, together exactly as we had planned. End quote. In a separate question, the board was asked if the company could have simply released a PC version of the game on December 10th and delayed a console release. Quote: In pure theory, if we had decided one day before the launch, then yes, we might have released just the PC version," said Nowakowski. 
He went into no further detail about whether those discussions took place. However, Nowakowski went on to make to make clear that it would have been impossible to release a next-gen-only version alongside PC. Quote, next-gen consoles get a completely different version of the game, so it's not like we could have decided at, at any point, really, to, quote, flip the switch, so to say, uh, and change the old-gen version to the next-gen version and release only on next-gens. As you've noticed, there is no native next-gen release. The game runs on next-gens and takes advantage of how next-gens are performing, but it's not like we had a next-gen version in our hands and decided to keep it on the shelf, end quote. Imran, uh, they talked a little bit about this yesterday, right? The, the CD Projekt Red statement that they put out uh, talking about how, hey, you know, we didn't uh, put enough, we didn't pay enough attention to the current-gen or last-gen version uh, of the game. We apologize. Get your refunds if you can, et cetera, et cetera. With this investor call meeting and them detailing what they're detailing here, how do you take all this? What a load of shit. Like, uh, I understand at, like the SAP of business development is not going to, they're going to be like apologizing for, oh, we did a bunch of shit wrong. We just didn't had no idea what we're doing. But one, the thing that leaks out at me the most is actually straight up admitting, hey, we didn't pass this, pass this through cert, which is another thing people admit. Because that looks real bad on them, and it looks terrible on Sony and Microsoft for trusting them to get through it. So the fact that they just said that out loud is damaging to relationships for sure. Uh, it's been a like kind of quiet secret in the game industry that Sony and Microsoft will just let that happen occasionally. Never seen it actually said out loud before, but uh, that's <laughs> that is a thing. Uh, two, it's so like. Yeah, they're a little apologetic about it, a little bit. They're explaining, like, yeah, we probably should have looked at this more. No, you you looked at it enough. You knew what... There was no way they put that on, thing on a disc without knowing how it performed. They chose not uh, to show it at all before the game yeah. came out. Like, they fucking knew. Yes. <laughs> it, it was yeah. part of marketing. And, like, we can get into CD Projekt marketing at some point because they are full of unforced errors all along the way. But this thing was... They knew... And they put it because they knew that they were not going to be able to sell this version after next-gen versions came out. And they decided, again, like, let's just go ahead. We have 8 million pre-orders for this anyway. Let's say, optimistically, 2 million people don't or cancel their pre-orders based on this, or 5 million people just aren't happy. We still made the money. We still made all, like, they came out, uh, what was it, day one, saying we've made all the money on development back. Like, they... This is not them going, ah, geez, we we messed up. We didn't know what we were doing. You're not a small underdog company anymore. You're the people who made The Witcher 3. You made one of the biggest and I dare say best games of the generation. Like, you can't pretend like, oh, we didn't really know what we were doing. Fuck that. You know what you were doing. Yeah. I'm 100% aligned with that. Like, it is this whole statement, uh, their, their launch rollout and their post-launch conversation that they've been having having with the audience and with media and everybody has been very like it's been it's been mind-boggling to see play out because it does start with them not giving codes on time right like yes. giving folks five days to play the game not providing console codes uh uh them then coming out and trying to act ignorant of what's going on and it's like hey the current gen or the last gen console versions of this game are probably going to be the best-selling versions of this game for the time being. And with that being the case, like, you can't act like you didn't know what was going on with those versions, right? Like, un unless, like, you're purely incompetent 
when it comes to like what what like what's going on with with uh qa and the process of releasing your game like there's no there's no way you don't look at that stuff and be like all right cool how do the current gen versions of the game look right how do the ps4 and xbox one versions of the game look how do they play on on the, on the base consoles uh the fact that that stuff didn't get quote unquote like looked at I think is one unbelievable. The fact that you release the games in the state that they are, instead of just delaying them, I think is a more bigger conversation, right? Because I think that th- that then comes down to uh, in 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 this investor call, right? They asked the question of what was, was there pressure to release this right now, whether external or internal, and the answer basically was like no, but yes, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like no, like there's every not game has pressure, but like yeah. not not every game is broken. So hold on for a, a question for like the language that they had that they used for not knowing uh, what the last gen uh, console was that part of their apology yesterday or did they only say that in their investor call? This appears to be oh. from the investor call, but yeah, like, so but I, there was, I, it, was like, it might have been was... like it, they might have been just saying it for the investor call because like. I, I, I don't know just to like i believe there was some of that in the apology yesterday too okay. of like I mean, the apology was like hey we're sorry we didn't show it but they didn't explain why they didn't and that's exactly. i think where this goes from incompetence to malice of them going because we all know why they didn't show the the previous version because it looked bad and didn't perform well and maybe there was like a faint hope deep inside of we, hopefully this will be done by the time like it'll be fixed and better by the time we actually get to release but it wasn't and Almost every review noted the way in which that get like even the PC version was broken could not just be patched over. It would need to be like fundamentally fixed. So they had to have known, looking at that PS4 and Xbox One version, that there was no way they could have gotten that actually like done in time for the release date. I don't I don't think it's on them necessarily for not delaying the game. It sucks, but that's like that's market forces at work 101. Like, if your game is bad, then it's not going to... Or your version is bad, it's not going to sell and, like, sucks for you. But them not showing it at all is where it goes from, ah, shucks, humbly the, the suffocating. bad situation to, hey, this is kind of... You're doing a bad thing here. Like, yes. people should know how this game looks. Because, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that idea of how long has this game been in development? Forever, basically, right? Like, this game was announced in, what, 2012? Yes. somewhere somewhere around that time and you have to imagine that they were working on it a little bit before that announcement like a very early yeah. shit but so. of course like make, making those deals happen organizing like what that looks like and all that stuff uh but then also like this game was a game that was announced for spring delayed multiple times and yeah maybe delaying this game again looks bad but if you're going to like you can't just put this version out right you can't just put the the, the ps4 xbox one versions out with them fundamentally not working they talk about uh in their apology yesterday right they talk about patching the game there's gonna be a hot patch uh coming in january and then another patch coming in february and the fact that you're, that the, the these are things that you're aware of and you're trying to make better and the game isn't launching with those fixes in there granted like who knows what the game looks like in february with that second patch maybe it still doesn't look good <laughs> maybe the maybe the bugs are still there there will 100 be bugs still there uh Maybe it's just, maybe maybe at the end of the day, it just doesn't make it worth it, you know. Make with with what the end goal of the current gen versions are. Like maybe the maybe the current gen versions just never make it there. Uh, and if that's, that's the case, entirely likely, I, I think. Yeah, and if, if that's the case, like, is the move to cancel it? Like, what's the move for CD Projekt Red there? And I think that's where you get into like this murky, like, what the fuck do you do as a business and as a company that's been working on this for seven years? Uh, for for consoles that right that like 
for the next gen versions, the PS5 and Xbox Series versions that you have announced, uh, you can't. It, it gets tough because you can't just release it on those consoles too when you have it announced for this for the last gen versions. Um, and so that gets difficult. But yeah. this wasn't the way to do it. Like to not show gameplay, to not clue people in, to not send out review codes. That's not the way to do it. It's. I think what galls me the most about this is that. They spent years and like when they're showing that transphobic shit in the marketing, like they their overall defense was this air of this is our vision. This is what we want cyberpunk to look like. And you can't make that argument and also then release a subpar product, because when you do that, then it's like this was your vision, too. Or is it just the transphobic shit that you went to bat for? Like mm, I, yep. it is annoying or not even annoying. It is frustrating as hell because I love the Witcher so much mm-hmm. that I was looking so forward to this game that they just couldn't get that part right. And that's even taking away from all the stuff I just mentioned of all these unforced errors of we need, we're trying to make a deeply gritty and edgy world that only really picks on one type of person. I, I forget which site wrote about it. I mean, there, there it picks a, on quite a few different ty- types of people. It does, but it like redeems a lot of them too, and then yeah. one it doesn't. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a great. I think it, it might have been Polygon or uh, Kotaku that wrote about like how their marketing has uh, been marketing to like a very specific crowd uh, yeah. of like GamerGate uh, people. Yeah. And it's just it's fucking tiring. They really missed the mark it's, on this game. It's upsetting because I think like. I really, I really, I really do enjoy the game, right? Like, I, I, I love playing Cyberpunk on PC. Like, I was hooked on it and all that stuff. And I think that stuff, like, again, leans into, hey, the writing in this game is very fantastic in parts, and like, you didn't really need... bad in other parts. It's bad in other parts, but like, for the parts that are fantastic, you didn't need this bad shit. Like, I understand yeah. the idea of, hey, it's Cyberpunk, and when you want to stay true to what Cyberpunk is, and we want to be like weirdly edgy in the way that cyberpunk can be edgy and we want to like we want to have attitude and all that stuff cool how do you take that and make it translate to modern standards right like it it seems like a lot of the game is a lot of a lot of what's in that game in terms of uh that stuff is looking at cyberpunk through the lens of cyberpunk as a genre in the 1980s or the 1990s right as opposed to what cyberpunk can look like interpreted in a 2020 lens and so like when you use when you when you use certain people groups as set dressing as opposed to actually fleshing out like certain stories and all that stuff, you know, like that that doesn't feel like a modern interpretation of cyberpunk. That feels dated. And it sucks because you then get to certain characters who are from different people groups and you like go down those quest lines and it's like, no, this is a really fleshed out character. Like the main cast of Cyberpunk uh is very diverse. And I think so many of those characters are well are well written. Not all of them. Like I've seen I've seen complaints about uh 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 jackie wells right and like i have friends who are who are latinx who are like yeah i don't necessarily love how how jackie talks because it feels unnatural for the world world he's in like i get stuff like that but like overall you know you meet characters like pan am and it's like yeah pan am i I love pan am's character in cyberpunk and the fact that you have characters like this that feel so well written and so well fleshed out coincide with this world that at certain points feels like it's just trying to do too much then it's like what how like why why are we doing both these things? You know, when you have the skill, like we've seen you guys put out Witcher 3, you have the ability to put out a good game. You have the ability to have great writing. You have the ability to have great side quest chains. Like how did we get here? You know, when we're, where these two things are are colliding like this. Right. I think and we'll talk about this more probably in the the games cast when we're like actually reviewing Cyberpunk, but like it's a 
I, I think the game is middling and not because it doesn't do anything particularly well. It's because it does a lot of things well. It just does a lot of things really badly too. And it's it's a weird game where there's a lot of rote overused tropes that are executed extremely well. And a lot of like really good new ideas that are just executed so terribly. And I it is disappointing for me coming from The Witcher 3. Cause like the overriding feeling I always get is I can't believe these people made one of the best games of the generation before this. Like, it's mm-hmm. not that this is awful. It's not like it is not such a big turn that just there's nothing redeeming about it. It's that there's just a, just enough redeeming about it that if you switch Cyberpunk and Witcher 3, I'd be like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. They incrementally got better. But here it's like, what happened the, over the mm-hmm. last couple of years that made that like led to this decline in like a lot of different kinds of quality, like game design? obviously qa um rating, i mean even you talk about game design witcher 3 wasn't necessarily immaculate and it wasn't in some of the, some of his game design but right like it, the, it, if it, we're like talking it, about combat i like combat in cyberpunk way more than witcher 3 sure but like i there are systems in witcher 3 that you can ignore but they you ignore them at your peril there are a lot of sports systems in cyberpunk that you can ignore and it's like fine like yeah you don't really need to do most of this stuff and also a lot of things are just kind of handled better like when Geralt walks into a town, not every like town leader comes to approach him then says, by the way, can I sell you a wagon? Like that is so repetitive in cyberpunk that every single like fixer in night city is exact, like talks to you, introduces himself in the exact same way. And then gives a really weird, like, by the way, my, my grandma has a Plymouth. Do you want it? Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about this more in Gamescast. I'm very excited about this conversation because I feel like every single one of us is going to have something different to pull, to pull into it. And so I'm very excited about that. But <laughs> two, two things really from... quick. Two things really quick. Nerdy oh, oh. Cooper in the chest says, yo, why is everyone selling me cars? And two, I just want to shout out. Uh, <laughs> but Desert... they're great cars, though. <laughs> no, the cars not. are awesome. I'm at in the game. They are all shit cars, and I fucking hate it. <laughs> I want my car back, but I got to. I just God. love that everybody in that game has a car to sell. <laughs> um, number two, I just want to shout out Destin Gary's review of the PS <laughs> four and xbox one versions of cyberpunk yeah um go watch that over on uh youtube.com slash ign it is a very good review i echo that uh to keep on the cyberpunk train uh imran you mentioned unforced errors speaking of unforced errors playstation and xbox are denying cyberpunk 2077 refund requests this is from tom ivan i don't have his website but i believe it's video games chronicle some Cyberpunk 2077 refund requests are reportedly being denied by PlayStation and Xbox, despite developer CD Projekt Red stating on Monday that unhappy customers could get their money back. In a statement issued on Monday, developer CD Projekt Red conceded it, quote, should have paid more attention to, to improving the performance of the game on last-gen consoles. It pledged to, to improve the overall experience via future updates but also said customers not wanting to keep the game could opt for a refund, something it would help them with if they were having difficulties getting. Multiple users have since reported being denied refund requests by PlayStation and Xbox. In some cases where users have begun playing the game, PlayStation support representatives have advised that they wait for planned title updates designed to resolve various Cyberpunk 2077 issues. Sony introduced a new PlayStation Store refund policy last year, which gives users 14 days to cancel PS4 digital purchases. The terms cover pre-ordered content, well as released games and DLC that, that players have not yet started to download or stream. In cases where the users have start, uh, has started to download or stream purchase content, Sony, has set, Sony, Sony says they are not eligible for a refund unless the, the content is faulty. 
Xboxes are Xboxes refund terms for digital games read quote all sales of digital game products are considered final but we understand there may be extent extent extenuating circumstances quote when you refund when you request a refund for these products and depending on the purchase or content type in determining refund eligibility we consider a variety of factors like time since date of purchase time since release and use of product end quote in a statement xbox suggested its treatment of cyberpunk 2077 refund requests was consistent with its aforementioned terms and conditions jumping off of that i got a question here from angry t or angry Ryan T from Tennessee who writes in to patreon.com slash confident games is like you can and says, I'm probably not the only person to write in with this experience, but I was one of the many gamers who had a, who had a cyberpunk refund rejected by Sony support, even live chat. The PSN support staff was even trained to respond with quote, there will be huge patches by January and February to fix these issues according to, to the developer and that the CD, CD project red tweet, Quote, unfortunately, that wasn't an official statement by Sony. I really am sorry I couldn't complete your request, end quote. I get the ramifications and don't hold it against the support staff doing their job, but on Sony's side, they took the time, money, and effort to do an all-hands on-deck support training to respond to this. From a customer satisfaction side of things, is there anything that Sony could do to save face from CDPR's blunder? This I find to be interesting because this, com- this comes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of story number one, when we were talking about the relationship between CD Projekt Red and the console manufacturers being PlayStation and Xbox, because this does not look good in terms of that, right? Yeah. Like CD Projekt Red coming out and being like, hey, you can request refunds, right? And Sony and Microsoft having to be like, hey, no, like this goes against our policies. You have to like maintain these certain standards if you want to, if you want a refund. Uh, Imran, how do you, re- how do you respond to all this? A pox on both their houses, honestly. Like it sounds like CDPR said, Hey, let's uh you guys can reach out to Sony and Microsoft for refunds first, and then maybe we'll help. And I don't understand how exactly they're gonna help. They haven't said that, but it doesn't sound like they talked to Sony and Microsoft before they put out that message. I I think the second the developer says, Hey, reach out to them in mass, then Sony's gotta like lock the hell down and say, No, we're we can't do this like we can't just give out mass refunds this is on you uh on the other hand they should be giving out mass refunds. like digital policies should be better we're at a place now where they are both microsoft and sony are offering consoles without disk drives period that they are only digital consoles they're yeah like the, isn't there a system for for steam where it's like if, yeah it's like if you play like only a certain amount of time you you can still get a refund and like yeah you, two you're hours abso- and two weeks yeah like you're you're absolutely right they need to start catching up with that kind of system because of how much they're going now, into the digital first, so Microsoft, first game, Microsoft, is it two, is it two hours two uh, hours of g- gameplay and under two weeks they make some exceptions depending and they okay. also like because even that wouldn't be enough for a game like cyberpunk where it probably yeah. is by our if you're playing on consoles, right, by hour five or six, where it's like, all right, fuck this. <laughs> you right. know, like, I can't get shit done with these and bugs and all M- this stuff. Microsoft used to have Steam's exact return, uh, refund policy, and they've rolled that back, so now it's, like, a bit tighter. Which is, like, no, they should be... These are, at this point, highly digital consoles. I'm not going to say ma- majorly, or, like, their entire SQ, or SKU is dedicated to being only digital. But they're should be a revolution in digital rights management at this point uh, for the consumer. Like, that should have been, honestly, like a year or so ago, maybe, probably more. But 
now that we have these new consoles, it should be this should be the thing that pushes them to go like, okay, yeah, here's our very clear refund policy. It, there should never be an excuse on the customer service side to say, no, no, the developer says they're coming a patch, we can't refund it for you. There should be very clear and obvious rules, and if you're within those rules, you need to be able to get a refund. Even honestly, in special exceptions, there should be like ways to be around those rules. If the game is this broken and they know it's that broken to the point where they're saying you should wait for a patch, then they absolutely should expand that window of to like five, ten, whatever hours. I know that like maybe some people will use it as a free rental, but who cares? Honestly, like I doubt it's going to be that widespread, and it's weird to create your rules around what's probably going to be like a minority thing yeah i agree uh and i this is crazy to see from cd project red uh especially right like for one of the biggest games of the year having to be like hey you can get refunds and not talking to playstation and xbox about it uh that's a huge fuck up and again like i i was listening yesterday and they were talking about uh the the this launch and whether or not it was a worse launch than anthem and Fallout 76 and i'm i'm not i'm not there yet in terms of what Fallout 76 and anthems launches were but if stuff like this continues then yeah we're gonna get there like this is this is pretty much pretty unfortunate like the Fallout 76 launch i remember weekly daily at at some points there were like new news about something else that was fucked up right like Oh, this the the bag that came in the special edition was the wrong material, right? Like stuff like that that felt so unforced. This is this is reminding me of that sort of like unforced error of you guys didn't need to say this, you know, you guys didn't need to put this out there, and now you guys are causing bigger fires for yourself. Like, especially yeah. when it comes to and I remember in the end of the the statement that they put out yesterday, they talked about how you can email them at whatever the email was, get help at cdprojectred.com. I've I've worked jobs before where I am on the other side of uh, going through uh, uh, emails for a company, right? And having to sort that stuff out and send it to the right department and all that stuff. And for you sending a massive, probably a massive amount of fans to that email, because obviously Sony Sony and Microsoft aren't putting up with their shit, like that is going to be unbearable. Like that is going to be a thing that is unmanageable. I couldn't imagine a team having to deal with that. And also just, it won't be done this week and after this week they're going home for christmas which they should be doing like they should, no one should be working over the holidays but they managed to make a time frame where this has just become the most frustrating thing for almost everybody involved consumers aren't going to be happy so microsoft won't be happy people who have to deal with it at cdpr won't be happy the only people who are really happy are the people who are making money off this game despite everything that's happening yeah eight million pre-orders man you know what you gonna do uh, we shall keep our eye on that because I'm sure there's going to be more news to come in the coming days, coming weeks, and coming months about Cyberpunk 77 or 2077. Uh, but on some other news, story number three, Imran, there was a Nintendo Indie World showcase that happened this morning. Did you watch it? I did watch most of it. I watched like the, I missed like the first two minutes, which apparently was the thing that I would be most interested in. But yeah, I did watch it. What'd you think of it? Uh, it was a cool little indie showcase. There was a game I really wanted to be there that was not there, which there was no indication it was going to be. I just really wanted it, and I'm mm-hmm. unreasonably upset it's not. Mm-hmm. Did you have? I'll, actually, I'll go through all the announcements. I, have, I was taking notes as I was watching through it too. Uh, but I will say it was a ple- it was a pleasant showcase. You know, there are quite a few games in there that I thought were uh, either looked really cool or were fun uh, um, 
additions to the Nintendo Switch library. Uh, it started off with Splunky and Splunky 2. Those games are yeah. going to Switch in summer 2021, which is really exciting. Uh, Fist of Fluffs, a cat brawler, is coming early 2021. Uh, and that game looks pretty cool. There is Very, Very Valet that's coming early 2021. Tunche, which I've, we finally we finally know the pronunciation. It's not Tunche. It's Tunche. Uh, that game is coming March 2021. I know. Put you my know, boy Lil Wayne when, in the game. Tunche. It was, it was cooler when it, when it uh, seemed like it was named after Lil Wayne. But you take what you can get. Uh, Tunche no, still looks pretty cool. No, but seriously, that game looks rad as hell, and we have a first impressions yeah. on it. So uh, check that out. Yep, YouTube.com is kind of funny games. First impressions, check that out. Uh, but if you're unfamiliar, right, it's this action uh, roguelite game that has, like, some like uh beat em up mechanics in there. It seems like they're mashing a lot of stuff together. The art style looks awesome. Um, yeah. and basically the whole the whole goal of the game is to take out this monster called Tunche. And so uh check that out. That's coming March 2021. Cyber Shadow from Yacht Club Games, that's been dated for January 26th. Calico launches later today. If you're unfamiliar with Calico, that is the the cat cafe game with a really cool art style. Alba, a wildlife adventure, is coming spring 2021. Gnosia. Uh, which is a social deduction game where you can where you're basically in a loop and like each playthrough apparently takes five to fifteen minutes. Looks really cool. Uh, that's coming out early 2021. Uh, a game called Happy Game is coming spring 2021. Super Meat Boy Forever that's coming to Switch December 23rd. Grindstone is coming out later today. And then there was a big old montage, one of them indie montages. Uh, and I did not take notes because it was going too quickly. But then they ended up they ended out the uh, the Nintendo Indie World Showcase. With Among Us coming to Switch later today, very exciting stuff. I'm all yeah. about that. A lot of the stuff seems like really cool. Like it'll be good for Splunky too, because a lot of that game's oxygen got sucked out of the room when Hades came out. So maybe this will be like a shot in the arm, like the PC and the Vita release was for Splunky One. And and even if people don't like it, they have Splunky One there on Switch, which is long overdue. Uh, yeah, Cyber Shadow looks cool. That's got club got club published, but. It does look like a really cool Ninja Gaiden-like game. Uh, Genosha was... My recollection is it was the last Vita game ever released. Um, really? Yeah, and it got like a really good score from IGN Japan. Like It was a perfect score from IGN Japan. So I'm really interested to try that. Like It looks kind of Danganronpa-ish like in terms of art style. Oh, yeah. But like that looks like a very cool game. And like I did not catch the bit about... The playthrough is being five to fifteen minutes. That sounds perfect. I want to try yeah. that now. Any game that has like a time loop mechanic, sign me up for it. That sounds like yeah. my jam. I love time loops. Speaking of, actually, I literally played a game yesterday that had a time loop mechanic. Uh, I booted up that Young Dreams on PS4, and I I do the thing sometimes where I'm like, okay, I want to play a game, but I want to play something I can play in thirty to thirty minutes to an hour. That's where Dreams comes in perfect. Uh, booted up for that scroll through games there's a game in there called uh rewind and no it's un unwind and relax mm. i think something along those lines or no relax and unwind it's called relax and unwind uh and basically it is this game where you boot it up and every 30 seconds the game essentially resets and you have to figure out how to like solve your way out of this reset loop and like it's it, basically like minute but like 30 seconds mm. And so, like, it's ba- it's basically that end of the game you can beat in probably, like, 15 minutes or less. I beat it in, like, 15 minutes. It was a fun, small experience. And so, if you have that Dreams PS4, highly recommend it. Again, it's called Relax and Unwind. Yeah. Uh, uh, ha- happy game. That seems like Emanita is going through some shit. 
Like yeah. that is a creepy ass game. And I'm like interested to play it, but based on the games I've seen them make before, like it, I guess it's in line with that. But yeah, 2020 did a number on Amnita. <laughs> how do you this? This is gonna feel like a weird question, but how do you feel about sequels to indie classics? Because like I look at like Guacamelee 2, Splunky 2, and Super Meat Boy Forever. I I can attest like, to what? Guacamelee 2. I think it's better than the first game. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Have you? Did you play it? I played Guacamelee 1. I didn't touch Guacamelee oh, 2. Guacamelee 2 is fucking awesome. Mm. I feel I, like, the, I feel like yeah. these games never get like the same like excitement. And maybe that's just because... Indie game like the indie game releases of the early 2010s was just in a different era, right? Like there was less to choose from. But like Guacamelee 2, I feel like got swept under the rug. Spunky 2 obviously has a fan base, like people love Spunky 2, but I, it doesn't seem like it's making the same waves as Spunky 1. And Super Meat Boy Forever feels like it has little excitement going for it. In, yeah, Super Meat Boy Forever is also like a different kind of game. So it's different. Like you're not going to be able to make the same splash twice. And I imagine with stuff like Guacamelee 2, it's like, okay, cool. I'm. It's not like an out-of-nowhere kind of indie hit all of a sudden. But like, Hollow Knight's getting a sequel, which is what I was very excited for and wasn't like at the show today. But And people seem excited for that. Yeah. I, it's, I don't know. I guess like, like I said, you can't, you can't make the same splash twice. And I can't think of a game, like indie games that have done that, but I'm sure there have been some examples. Yeah. I'm sure like in... I, f- I feel like as indie games have grown and evolved, like there's been better examples of that. But usually, I, I guess the ones that are coming from mind for me are like the ones from the early 2010s or the early indie era that try and make a return and just don't ha- feel like they have that same fervor and passion that they had during their original release. Like if they announced Limbo 2, for example, you know, I feel I, I'd be excited for Limbo 2, but I feel like most people would be like, oh, okay, cool. And then play it and it not have the same impact as Limbo, obviously because that came out in a different era. You know, I mean, wasn't that basically what Inside was? Yeah, but that's different, though. <laughs> you know, Inside was a different game. It was a better game. Mm-hmm. Inside was awesome. Maybe that's the move. You call it a different name. Yeah, <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you get around it. But also, Inside <laughs> did not get nearly as much like play as Limbo. But that's also because like Summer of Arcade was a very specific thing of, or not even Summer of Arcade, just Xbox Live Arcade was. This is the game that we want to focus on. Everyone get hyped for this game. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's harder to do today when there's like. A billion games coming out a day. I can see that. Speaking of Nintendo Switch, story number four, Nintendo Switch gets a Funimation app. This is Adam Bankhurst at IGN. While Nintendo Switch owners may still be waiting for Netflix, those who love to watch anime will be happy to know that Funimation will be available to download on Tuesday, December 15th. That's today. Hell yeah. The Funimation app will include hundreds of titles, including My Hero Academia, shout out Barrett, Attack, yeah. on, on, Attack on Titan Final Season, One shout Piece, Naruto, uh, Megalobox. Are Tim and Nick really into Attack on Titan? Uh, yeah, they did like a live watch-alongs for uh, like the first two seasons, I think. Really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Nick I loves saw that on Attack Twitter, on Titan, baby. I saw, I saw, that sounds like a thing that, dis- that isn't real. That's he crazy to me that Nick loves One Attack on Titan. Punch! Oh, One Punch Man is awesome. Yeah, I'm the first yeah, season was awesome. Jam. I never watched the second season, but I, I still watched really the second season. Yes, I, I hear second season is not like as great as the the first. Well, it was a different animation studio, yeah. and animation was such a big part of that first season. Right. I need to get back to my hero because I I watched all of season oh. one, got to season two, and then fell off hard. Oh, um, blessing! And I, just, I don't know what season it, I, three is so good. 
I don't know what it was. It just wasn't capturing me as much as season mm-hmm. one. But mm-hmm. I want to get back to it. I saw Dan Riker on Twitter tweeting yesterday about how uh, My Hero Academia is like one of his favorite like fucking pieces of media ever. And I'm Hell like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> That's so wild. I, I'm really I, I close to the- finishing my rewatch. I'm like uh, five episodes away from uh, like finishing season four again. And season four, I think, is definitely my least favorite season. But it's still really, really good. So I don't watch the anime. I, I have more or less kept up on the manga or I caught up on the manga recently. The my only issue with my hero, and this is like a shonen issue in general, but it's a little more uh pr- pr- pertinent with my hero is they they need to have a bit more to their fights th- than Deku just gets stronger and beats them. Like it needs That's to every just, anime though, you know. I know it's a it's a it's a shonen just thing. Just grow the muscles like, stronger. But like okay, you compare uh some of the Deku fights to let's say Luffy versus Crocodile, where Luffy only won because he was bleeding and used the blood to like you know, become yeah. or be able to hit crocodile. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody here, but I'm saying like yeah. there are no, interesting it ways. Like Yu Gi Oh, where like there's like an extra <laughs> element, and you're like because you because you drew the right card at the right time, you're able to defeat. Right. Pegasus. There are interesting ways to finish those fights that are j- that aren't just Deku is strong gets stronger because he has that power latent inside him. Hey, like you, it's cool the first three times, and then you keep doing it. It's like <laughs> mm, maybe do something different this time. You know, we could talk about all of these anime. You know what I'm saying? But nothing is as good as Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. So what's the point? Okay. We're talking about other anime. Brotherhood is real good. Brotherhood has that one spot that I think drags on a little too long. But otherwise, it's a real good anime. It's better than the fucking original show. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> original Speaking had a really of, good greed fight, though. Speaking of streaming apps, story number five. The Mortal Kombat movie has a release date. This is Patrick Dane at VG247. The Mortal Kombat movie has had a turbulent few months. The film's future has felt uncertain this year as it contended with the coronavirus pandemic. While initially slated for January, it was pushed back indefinitely as, as Warner Brothers tried to figure out what to do with it. It seems that fears fears it might be some way off were somewhat unfounded, though. The film has has not now gotten its release date, uh, April 16th, 2021. That's much sooner than anyone expected. Uh, and I think I might have cut this out of the new story, but I believe it's coming to theaters along with streaming apps. And so get hype about that, that Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah, that, that's yeah, the thing I with did. like all Warner Brothers movies is that they're coming day and day to theaters that are open and mm-hmm. uh, HBO Max. HBO Max. Yeah. Which I'm not a lot of people that. who are making those movies are excited about that. But it's I am. I don't know. The theaters I, I, aren't I, happy about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested in seeing a new Mortal Kombat movie, but it, like it's a little different than it was when I was a kid because a Mortal Kombat movie is, hey, here's we're taking this like mostly storyless fighting game and making a movie out of it. But now it feels like we get a new Mortal Kombat movie every couple of years based just from the games. They, they make two-hour animated mm. movies from those things. I don't think I need a live-action one. I will still watch it and I'll still like, you know, see what this has to do. But it's the world isn't like clamoring for that like it was 20 30 years ago i 100 percent agree and it makes me that makes me wonder like how does this mortal kombat movie stand on its own and make it makes itself feel like its own thing when there is mm-hmm. such a strong mortal kombat story now going on within the games um but we shall see like i'm always yeah. i'm down for any sort of mortal kombat story because i've 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 loved following the actual narrative of those games since from like the PS2 games like Mortal Kombat Deception and seeing Chujinko's journey going through the different realms and what that means and like Armageddon seeing how they fucking reset everything and how that plays into Mortal Kombat 9 like I've there's something special and almost I don't want I'm not gonna compare I'm not comparing it in quality to Metal Gear Solid but it has a same level of like this is ridiculous but it's fun 
uh, kind of thing that Metal Gear Solid has going for it. Mortal Kombat has that. Uh, and so if they're able to capture any of that, I think that's going to be fun. I think that's going to be cool. I mean, we'll see. I'm sure people are excited about it based mostly, like, because they really liked the Mortal Kombat movie as a kid. But I, I am satiated with the Mortal Kombat story the games give me now. Like, Aftermath was cool. Mm. Imran, of course, people can go to patreon.com slash games where they can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Upstart. There's a lot of economic chatter right now about the state of the market. Is it recovering? How long will it take? Have we seen the worst? But if you're struggling to pay off high interest credit card debt, you can't wait for those answers. You need to take action. Now with Upstart, there's actually something you can do today to help fight off high interest credit card debt. Upstart is a revolutionary online lending platform that knows you more than just a credit score. Unlike other lenders, Upstart can reward you based on your job history in the form of a smarter rate. Upstart lets you skip going to the bank because it's completely online. They offer loans from $1,000 to $50,000, so you can consolidate your debt into one easy fixed rate payment. Upstart makes it fast and simple to check your rate. Since it's just a soft pull, it won't affect your credit score. The hard pull happens. Uh, if you accept your rate and proceed with your application. The best part, if the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 500,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards or meet their financial goals. Free yourself from the burden of high interest credit card debt and get back to using your money your way with Upstart. See why Upstart has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash kfgames to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash kfgames. Your loan amount will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Not all applicants will qualify for the full amount. We're also brought to you by HBO Max. In true 2020 fashion, the holidays are going to look a little different this year. That's why we partnered with HBO Max to keep the spirit of togetherness alive with their library of films for the holiday season. Staying put with your quarantine crew for the holidays, HBO Max has the bingeable series for you. At home with your overbearing family, HBO Max has that movie to get lost in. Doing the holiday solo, HBO has the titles you'll want to discuss with your friends and family virtually. No matter what mood you're in this holiday season, HBO Max has something for you. HBO Max has so many classic holiday films now streaming like Holiday Affair and A Christmas Carol. Enjoy one of the year's biggest movies in theaters and on HBO Max on the exact exact same day. Sign up for the HBO sign up for HBO Max to stream Wonder Woman 1984 and even more heroes like Titans. Harley Quinn, Doom Patrol, and Batman v Superman. Wonder Woman 1984 is in theaters and on HBO Max December 25th. Sign up and enjoy enjoy even more hits now like Game of Thrones, Euphoria, and Flight Attendant. I've been meaning to watch Euphoria forever because I've heard very good things about Euphoria. I know Zendaya's in it, and now that I know that uh, HBO Max has all that stuff, oh boy, I know what my plans are for the holiday. That young yeah. Euphoria. Very Basically never have to leave the house. Just watch Zendaya all the time. Oh my God, what a lot. That sounded creepy, but yeah, it was a little creepy anyway. We know what you mean. If that wasn't enough, December 25th also adds the West Wing and December 28th is his Dark Materials season two finale. Get cozy at home this holiday season by heading to hbomax.com now. Lastly, we're brought to you by Brooke Linen. Some mornings you wake up feeling ready to pull the covers over your head and go back to sleep. 
no judgment, of course, but let's make having the most comfortable sheets the reason why. Don't love your sheets? Brooklinen has you covered. Brooklinen was started by Rich and Vicky, who also tried to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't, they founded Brooklinen as the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and tastes. Brooklinen has over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting and is so confident in their product that all their bedding comes with a lifetime warranty. And Brooklinen is so much more than sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, and even loungewear and more. You can buy sheets, bedding, and pillows all at once and save even more. Uh, Greg talks about it all the time. Uh, he has the Brooklinen towels and they help him cover his shame. He's very proud of that. Uh, Tim has the, the sheets that match with the rest of his home. And you know Tim. There's nobody at Kind of Funny that is more swagged out than that, uh, than Tim. And, of course, that's all due to Brooklinen. Don't wait. Do something nice for yourself. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code GAMES to get 10% off your first order and free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter code GAMES for 10% off your first order plus free shipping. brooklinen.com and use promo code GAMES at checkout. I'm sure Zendaya loves Brooklinen. You know? I bet she does, yeah. Imran, very excited to see uh, uh, whatever new... Yeah, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see whatever the next Zendaya project is, right? (laughs) Whatever the next film, whatever the next show is, because, of course, Zendaya, a queen, cannot be defeated. But that's probably so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom Grab Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Out today, we got Shakedown Hawaii for PS5, collection of Saga Final Fantasy Legend for Switch. Imran, do you know what that is? Uh, it is a modern port of Final Fantasy Legend, which I think they like relocalized a little bit. What is Final Fantasy Legend? Uh, the first of the Saga games that was made into a Final Fantasy game in America. Perfect. Uh, Boot Hill Heroes for Switch. Dark Grim Mariupolis for Switch. Uh, Shakes on a Plane for Switch. Let me say that again. Shakes on a Plane. Do you think it's about Bil- making milkshakes on a plane? I'm tired of all these goddamn milkshakes on this goddamn plane. <laughs> so you like you still swore. You just used the the different swear. What was the these what was god the dang was- milkshakes on this god dang plane? Was it a was it was it was it a motherfucking? It's Sam Jackson. Who, of Sam course, Jackson it's a motherfucking. Yeah. motherfucking. Yeah. Uh, Bombs man. That's B O M J man for PC. Spellbreak PC. Bridge constructor. The Walking Dead for PS5. Gears Five Hivebusters DLC is out today for Xbox Series X slash S, Xbox One, and PC. And then Ghost Runner gets a free hardcore mode in addition to a paid cosmetic or cosmetic winter pack. Bless. When I Do eventually they- get tired of Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. I want to try to see through the story, but we'll see if that actually happens. When I give up on it, if and when, should I go over to Ghost Runner? Yeah, Ghost Runner is really fun. Okay. Um, but also, don't give up on Cyberpunk. I think that this, the main story is pretty good. Yeah, but it crashes on me like every like hour and a half. Uh, what are you <laughs> playing on? PS5. Because I don't think my PC could handle it. Here's the here's the struggle I'm having. I'm having the struggle of I I I since I beat Cyberpunk. 
I've not touched it because I've been waiting for my PlayStation code because I wanted to play it on PlayStation, and that'll give me a re, uh, an excuse to replay it with a different life path and different uh, like different specs and all that stuff. Now that I know the PlayStation and console struggle on Cyberpunk, and now that it seems like they're just not going to send a code, which is fine, um, now I'm like, should I just keep playing the game on PC and just keep doing my shit on PC? Yeah. And now, the, as e- as each day passes, it seems more and more apparent that I should just keep playing on PC. Which is sad. Digital Foundry has a pretty good video out that's like a, basically stuff you should turn off and like stuff you should put on medium or low or whatever to like not really compromise the graphical integrity of that game, but still get like a decent frame rate out of it. On so, PC? Yeah. So like I was able, it bought me like 15 more FPS and didn't really change the way it looked at all. Which is great. Oh, okay. I gotta check that out. I've been running with everything on like max settings that I can on my card. I don't have an NVIDIA card, so I don't have ray tracing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for what I had, right, I've been running everything on max settings. And that game looks amazing. Like it looks fantastic. But yeah, the frame rate isn't perfect. Like it's yeah, not like no. locked 60 FPS or anything like that. That um, game but, does not do great when it starts raining. Yeah. Out, out oh, in the yeah. city. Yeah. 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 Um, but if I can, if I can bump that FPS a bit. You know, without mm-hmm. compromising too much of the visuals. Oh boy, I might go. I might go about that. That sounds good. Uh, new dates for you. EA Play is coming to Xbox Game Pass for PC in 2021. That is a delay, and so yeah. look out for EA Play on Xbox. It was supposed Game to be Pass today, and then they delayed it to next year. So really, yeah. But then they're just announcing it like the same day. They they said it would come eventually today. They they like they they wrote the blog entry, and the blog entry starts with like, "Hey, I was supposed to write one saying it was coming today, but it's not." Oh. So. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, look out, look out for that PC 2021. Uh, deal of the day for you, Starlink Battle for Atlas on PC is available for free on Ubisoft Connect PC. Of course, you all can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames to get your questions read on the show. And I am scrolling to figure out what question I want to ask. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pull in this question from Gabe Hewitt. I was going to throw it under the Nintendo Switch gets the Funimation app uh, story, mm-hmm. but we're running long. But I feel like this is a good place to answer it. Gabe Hewitt writes in to Patreon.com, so it's kind of funny games, and says, Hey, KFGD fam, Funimation is now on the Nintendo Switch? Do you think this addition means anything for the Switch's future? Are they testing the waters for the Switch Pro that could be a more dedicated home entertainment box? Or is this just Nintendo being Nintendo and doing something for no reason at all? How did, how did Netflix get onto the 3DS and still isn't on the Switch? Will we ever get these answers? Thanks, Gabe Hewitt. It's Nintendo Nintendo and Hulu came to Switch like two years ago. And this yeah. is like, it's weird. <laughs> There's a decent number of apps on the Switch. I think a lot of it's probably like Netflix has some uh, codec and audio requirements that probably the Switch doesn't meet. Or I don't know, maybe there's like they wanted a higher percentage on Switch and it was like, no. And Sony and Microsoft were like, fine. Who knows? I'm not sure. But like, I don't think it means anything about the future of the switch at all if nintendo is doing another box then i don't think this is a hint towards it uh i will say the funimation app is garbage on everything i've ever tried it on so i assume it'll also be garbage on the switch absolutely that's why i only watch my hero academia on hulu that's probably like one your choice that netflix isn't on the switch it's not the biggest deal obviously because like I have a billion other devices that have Netflix on it, but the fact that I, I like the fact that whatever is plugged in, I can turn on my HDMI uh, um, uh, channel on my TV and then immediately mm-hmm. just go to Netflix on no matter what device, and it all syncs up, and so it knows like what my 
recently watched is and i can just boot up the next show the fact that it's not on the switch and i have to like consciously know that is like the world's first world problem but it, it the fact that it's nintendo and it's the switch kind of like amplifies the fact that like why why not like why why is this, yeah. isn't this the case i know it's probably what you're saying of so there's something there that's not compatible probably in terms of codec or in terms of uh what the deal is but just get let's get netflix on the switch you know just do it what's so I, hard the ps4 was my media box i switched originally it was ps5 for me this like once i got those systems but netflix was so crashy on that like to the point where the ps5 would crash and then not turn on for like three minutes so i i moved to the xbox and like the xbox is also actually a really good media box like there's all like a little there's a giant bomb app for that thing so they use the internal web browser which the ps5 doesn't have anyway and like it's it is a cool little thing that i'm so i bought like a controller for it or a remote control for it and honestly i was gonna buy an apple tv at some point but maybe i probably don't need to at this point like i got this works fine hmm. we shall see i hope when they do the switch pro which theoretically could very well be a home console focused thing i mm. hope that comes with netflix like i know of course nintendo is nintendo so those two things probably have zero to do with each other but i feel like it's kind of weird to have like a home console that doesn't have netflix on it like what are we doing y'all you know yeah, I'm like, playing like, games on these things, but let me watch some Netflix. Dude, Hulu's think, already on there, so you got access to My Hero Academia. It's, all, it's you got everything <laughs> you need. Plus, you know what I've been watching on Hulu this last week? Mm-hmm. I after being Cyberpunk, oh. I was like, I need, I need some comfort food. Yeah, and so I've been watching two things. All okay. right, and give it to me. Give people, it to me. people are gonna judge me for both. Oh god, yes. first one for sure. First one, Rick and Morty. I haven't, I, I, I haven't seen season four yet. And I was like, you know what, man? Rick and Morty always puts me in that, in that good place. You That's know, fair. Rick and Relax, kick back. There's some fun jokes in there, fun writing. Sure, let's watch some Rick and Morty. So I watched all of season four uh, for this last week. Also, number two, I've been watching that big time rush. God damn it, blessing. <laughs> Again, comfort God damn it. You wouldn't stop is- singing that one fucking song that night we were playing Fortnite together. Uh, oh, I remember you talking about that. Like, like. It's Where can I find Big Time Rush? I guess that, yeah. that's what happened. Andy uh, Andy Cortez in the chat responds, it's good, Bloods, don't feel embarrassed. I didn't know Andy Cortez was such a big Big Time Rush fan, but there you oh, go. He's definitely talking about Rick and Morty. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure he's talking about Big Time Rush. Uh, also, um, I've uh, Bless, just a recommendation for you. I've also mm-hmm. been going to that Hulu comfort food. Hey, Arnold. That's on Hulu? Yeah, dude. A lot of Nick Tunes are, are on I've there. actually... I've actually been watching a lot of Hey Hey Arnold for the last few months because I have Samsung TV Plus, and one of the channels is Nick Pluto, which has a bunch of old Nick shows on there. And Hey Arnold is one of the shows in in rotation. Yeah. And so I've been watching a lot of that. And yesterday I watched a lot of iCarly because that's another one of the shows. I I respect that one. I respect that one. And the way you put that, iCarly. I've been watching a lot of iCarly, and let me tell you, that show has quite a few good episodes i was watching the episode where uh spoilers for iCarly <laughs> if anybody cares about iCarly spoilers whereas uh, uh spencer is dating uh gibby's mom and like doesn't realize that it's gibby's mom <laughs> so like when he, when he discovers this gibby's mom he then can't like make out with her without knowing and like without seeing gibby in her yeah, face yeah it's hilarious it sounds like a really good post show conversation yeah yeah let's let's talk about this more in the post show because uh, andy cortez needs to stream some cyberpunk you know what i'm saying he does. Before we get there, though, let's uh, let's squat up. Dan likes everything. Writes in with a squat up on Xbox and says, "Please, anyone, if you can hear me, please help me beat the Tetr- Tetramedian 
in Tetris Effect Connected. For those unaware, this is the fifth level of the Connected mode in Tetris Effect Connected multiplayer. I need two best friends who have already accomplished this task because I just need this to be over. I'm not bad at the game. I'm in the top 2% overall, actually. I just can't seem to make this happen with randoms. I'm in the central time zone, and I can play. Ba- I can play basically any evening. We don't need to chat or look each other in the eye or anything. We just <laughs> need to put this damn thing in the grave and then go our separate ways. If you want to help out, Dan likes everything with some Tetris Effect connected. You can add them on on uh, Xbox with the username Neftones. That is N E F T O N E S Neftones. Of course, now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. We write in and listen to what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, the nanobiologist helps me out and says Tom Ivan indeed is from Video Games Chronicle. And so thank you for that. Uh, we know that. Did you know an iCosly yeah. reboot was announced five days ago? I did know that, and I'm very excited about that. I still need to watch the Fresh Prince reboot. iCarly I've heard it's actually really good. Ren. When, you know, let's do it, bless you and me iCarly in review. iCarly in review? Yeah. I'm not going to watch every episode of iCarly, you know? What about, can I like, sell I'll you on a Hate on. Arnold in review? Oh. Ah, you're thinking about it. Good, but also, like, it's a lot of episodes. It's only five I seasons, dude. Five. How many seasons? Five seasons, man. That's it. That's a lot of episodes. Just ah. do a Nicktoons in review, and each week is a different show. Like, you can talk about it whole, holistically. Ooh. I kind of like that. All right. It looks like we're doing pretty good on your wrongs uh, okay hold on let me open this up to make sure to, to confirm this and this can be what we close out with uh at bethesda on twitter tweets out doom zero is our latest free add-on for re-releases of doom and doom 2 enjoy 32 levels with branching paths new enemies new bosses new sounds new music and new sprites so there you go doom zero is like more doom as far as i can understand and so if you're a big doom fan go check that out that seems very exciting of course it, the fun doesn't stop there tomorrow's hosts for kind of funny games daily are me and gary witta uh if you're watching this live right now on twitch after this is andy streaming cyberpunk 2077 to show off that ray tracing and that nvidia rtx 3080 so stay tuned for that uh and then don't forget ashley birch's we have cool friends is on youtube.com slash kind of funny uh, of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash Games. so stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>